Thank you. I wanted to say real quick, I'm a huge fan and it's an honor to talk to you. I'm very excited. <laughs> Thanks, man. It's really nice to talk to you as well. Thank you. Appreciate that. All right. So I'm going to start things off real quick. Um, I've been a fan of yours for a long time, like I said, um, and I remember hearing you talk fondly about wanting to be a father someday, and now you are. How has fatherhood been treating you, and is it anything like you expected it was going to be? I mean, I have to say, first of all, I love that question, and I really appreciate it, and yeah. um, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know, you know, I, I, it's obviously, it's scary and mysterious, and you don't know, you know, what to expect, and it has you know, it has been the single most incredible experience of my life. Our daughter is the best, amazing, wonderful, like every, and, and I feel like I've been saying this to people a lot, but, you know, I feel like I, it's easy to spend a lot of, you know, time when you first start out in the business, like, oh, you know, work is this really important thing. And I really, I'm chasing work. And, you know, I just, I just want to feel whole. I just want to feel like I'm doing something, you know, and all that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But it, but once we had the baby, the second she was born, I just had this realization of like, oh no, this is the, for me, this is the important thing. This is the thing, you know, like the work accomplishments are amazing and I love to work and I'm so thankful and grateful that I get to do what I do. Um, but I do feel like there is a little bit of this hamster wheel with work where you accomplish one thing and you're like, okay, but now I got to do this other thing. And now I got to do this other thing. But the, the amount of sustained like joy that I feel from just hanging out with Dimity and, and, and playing or watching, like she loves nightmare before Christmas. The fact that we get to watch nightmare before Christmas over and over the fact that we took her to, to the Disney, to Disneyland to one of the Disney parks a couple of months ago. And she had an amazing time. Like those experiences just create something that is not anything like I've ever experienced in, in my life. And my mom would always tell me that would happen, but how could I really know until I knew, you know? So yeah. I appreciate the question and I'm, I'm sorry to ramble on and on about it, but I appreciate the question because no, it is, because as much as this is fun and as much as the show is fun and as much we, as much as we love collecting Disney stuff, being a dad is like, for me, uh, the single greatest thing ever. I agree. And as a girl dad myself, I, I, I oh, just yeah. understand where you're coming from. <laughs> oh, well, I, I appreciate that. I'm glad to hear sure. that. Absolutely. Now, speaking of Disney, your new show up for auction <laughs> is an incredible show filled full all sorts of nostalgic Disney goodness. What was it like to see and experience it all firsthand being a Disney collector yourself? I mean, I, I feel like I've, I've, I have this really wonderful um, privilege in the entertainment business of getting to work near stuff that I love, you know, uh, I've done, I've, I've, I've been fortunate enough to do a lot of things that I just happen to love doing, you know, whether it's moderating panels at Comic-Con for movies that I really want to see, or, you know, working for walking dead or working on comedy shows or whatever it is. And this was like, this was just kind of, it was, it was kind of an accidental pitch to Brian Volkweiss, the guy who runs Nacelle he is a massive Star Trek collector. And we were just sort of buying, I had him on my podcast a couple of years ago because he, he, his company made Behind the Attraction and the yeah. movies that made us and the toys that made us. And, you know, all those were just so well done and had such great information and such heart. And so I had him on my podcast and we became pals. And we were talking about a year ago and I was talking about Disney stuff. He was talking about Star Trek stuff. And I was like, you know, someone should make a show about this. Like the auction process is fascinating. Why has no one ever really documented this? And he was like, we should do it. And that was <laughs> it really. So it, it, 
the fact that, you know, it did not feel like work to me. This is something that I would have done just for myself because I got close to the auction. I got to see all the pieces up close. I got to go meet the guy who assembled this collection um, in Iowa and, you know, kind of see what, you know, like how he did it. I got to see the collection in a warehouse. I got to see it in exhibit up close. And so it, it for me, it was really this experience of something that, um, you know, like you just don't get to do very often. So I, I was very, very, very appreciative. Like that exhibit was basically just like a hall of memories, you know, like <laughs> on the one hand, yes, it was high stakes items and some of them were going for a lot of money, but at the core of it, it was really about a, a lifetime of memories. You know, we all have some connection point to a Disney movie or Disney or, or Disney park, wherever it is, a, a certain ride, you know, like that, that's why when someone buys like a blue Bayou menu, you, I know, and I love like the blue Bayou from the eighties was obviously an anchor point in that person's life. Maybe their family took them there. Maybe it was a grandparent who's no longer with us or something. There was some core memory that is wrapped around that item that they now have a physical representation of. And that to me is just wondering like what that is and how, how that, you know, and we, we do talk about some of those things, you know, in the show, particularly yeah. with like the park maps like you, you can tell when someone buys a park map from a certain year, it was a snapshot of the park at that time. That obviously was a core memory for that person. So for me, it's really about not just unboxing the items, but unboxing the stories and the memories that are that are the kind of the bubble wrap around those items. Definitely. And, you you know, you can definitely tell your excitement with the show and how <laughs> genuine it is. It's really cool to see. It's it's very awesome. It was it was a great show. I really liked it. I appreciate that. It, it like it blew me away. And every kind of piece that we got to see was like, oh, my God, you know, because you're seeing these pieces up close, you know, yeah. and, and it's like these to you. They're these really famous pieces like, you know, the Skyway car. Like when are those don't there's no Skyway anymore at Disneyland. So yeah. it's like that's a piece of park history right there. So it just, uh, yeah, it, it was a blast. It was an absolute blast. I'm just grateful that I had to do what I do. That's awesome. Well, I'd love to talk to you like all day long. I have so many things <laughs> I want to talk to you about, but I have one last question for you. Of course. You've hosted TV shows, game shows, talk shows, after shows, podcasts, and so much more over the last 30 some odd years. With all this experience, what's some advice you'd give about hosting or you know, people who want to get better at hosting? You know, hosting to me is really just about, I, I hope this doesn't sound weird, but it's about listening to what the show needs you to be. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I think it helps if you care about the material, you know, which I'm fortunate enough that I get to work on things that I care about. Sure. But, you know, like, especially when you're starting a career, you don't always get to do that. I, you know, like, and so it's really just about finding the piece of it for you that's interesting because I think people will, I think people enjoy watching someone who's authentically enjoying what they're doing, even if they don't fully connect with what the material is. It's just, it's to me, it's fun to watch people having fun. And when yeah. you're talking about hosting, every show kind of has a little bit different of a of a, a vibe to it. And if you kind of listen, you know that within the host structure, there's business that you have to do, like the intro, the outro, maybe sponsorship yeah. stuff, specific information that has to get done. But it's really just about finding those places that you can be the most you in there and not be an idea of what you think a host should be, but like be the best you that you are within that structure and still get to the intros and outros on time and still get the business across that you need to get across. It's finding ways to seamlessly integrate you into that structure 
Um, you know, and I really think the, the, the key to that is really just, you know, like what's interesting about that thing to you. Um, and can you, can you make it interesting or can you find a way in and make it accessible for people? Cause you're their guide, you know, like you were the ambassador for that thing, whatever it is. So it's just doing that. And then just talking to the audience, like the audience is your friend. They're watching you, you know, they, they choose to watch you. So they're your friends. So just, you know, just talk to them. And um, that's the, I hope that's, I hope that that makes sense. And that wasn't, that didn't, you know, I wasn't meandering too much. Nope. You were good. It's, it's basically just treating it kind of like an improv where you just kind of get to read the room, see how things are going to go, see how things are going to flow and just kind of go from there. But also read yourself too. And yeah. Think about like how, you know, like what's interesting about something for you. And if it's interesting to you, then it's going to be interesting to, you know, a, a number of other people. And so, you know, I would I would not think as much about like what do they want, but just kind of think like, well, what do I want? And what's interesting about yeah. this to me? And then you just kind of open up and 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 you know share that. Perfect. Yep, that works perfectly. Well, sir, I want to thank you for your time uh, again. Thank I want to you. Say I appreciate the show. Everyone should go check it out um, on the CW app. Uh, I've actually been watching it with my family. We're all really enjoying it. So, oh, thank, thank you, you again, and I hope to see more from you. I can't wait to hear what's coming up next from you. Thanks, man. Uh, hopefully we'll talk again. Yes, hopefully. For sure. <laughs> Take care. You too. See ya. Bye-bye. I want to thank Chris for taking the time to talk to me. And if you want to stay up to date on everything coming from him, check out his IG at, at Hardwick, his website, ID10T.com, and be sure to watch his new show, Up for Auction, streaming for free on the CW app. And if you want to stay up to date on interviews like this, all sorts of other interviews, geek news, and more, please check out our website at geek-network.com. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter at GeeksAZ. You can find us on Facebook at Geek Network. Find this show, Fueled by Weird, on Instagram. And find out about all the podcasts in our network at Geek Network Media, also on Facebook and Instagram. Check out the music for this show on Bandcamp by the band Polygon Horizon. They're a great band. Go listen, download, support those guys. And the logos for this show were done by my friends Chris Chandler and Mike Belcher. Go find them on Instagram and Twitter. They're great guys. Go check them out. And if you like the show, please leave a review and tell your friends because word of mouth is our friend. And remember, kids, to embrace the things that fuel your weird and always geek responsibly.